Hi there, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing again to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All of this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights the Lord has given me. Chapter 3, The Bride of Christ While Jesus works with people as individuals, he's also working with us through the church. The church holds an extremely important role in the totality of the new covenant. The relationship between the church and Christ is likened in many places to a marriage. Jesus is the bridegroom, and the church is the bride. This is important to understand because just as a bride and bridegroom come together in love to become one unit as a family, so too the same occurs with Christ and the church. Christ is the bridegroom and the church is his bride. When they finally come together at the marriage feast in the kingdom of God, then we shall be joined as one to Christ in the family of God. This will be a time of great joy and celebration, just as marriage is a time for joy today. Look at what the scripture says about this coming together of Christ and the church as bridegroom and bride. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the sound of many waters, like the sound of mighty thunder peals, crying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. That's from Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 to 8. Look at the joy that this will cause in heaven and upon the earth. The rejoicing that will occur when Christ and his bride, the church, are finally together and inseparable. And they will be inseparable for that was and is the plan of God for marriage. A marriage was meant to be till death us do part. The opportunity for divorce was permitted due to mankind's hardness of heart, but from the beginning it was not meant to be so. There will be no divorce in God's kingdom, and especially in the marriage of Christ and the church. In actual fact, the Bible teaches that there will be no marriage as we know it now in the kingdom of God. We will just have to wait and see how he plans men and women to come together, as the Bible shows that there will be children in the eternal kingdom, but that's a topic for another time. Like a marriage between a man and a woman, we see that the bride of Christ has gone to great lengths to make herself ready just as a woman makes herself ready for the marriage to her husband. It is said that a woman never looks more beautiful and radiant than she does on her wedding day. It is exactly the same for the bride of Christ. In the scripture quoted above, the bride of Christ was granted to be clothed with fine linen, bright and pure. In most Western societies, the bride wears white as a sign of purity, and so too the bride of Christ will wear bright and pure garments as a sign of her purity. We're told that these fine, bright and pure garments are the righteous deeds of the saints, and these saints are the bride of Christ. All who come to Christ, who believe in him and his resurrection from the dead, who are baptised and receive the Holy Spirit, and who learn the ways of the Lord, are saints. The Greek word that is translated as saints simply means God's people. They are those who follow God's ways, are dedicated to his truth, and have learned the ways of holiness. Saints are not ordained by men or by churches, but are the holy people of God, 
And that includes anyone who is following the truth of the new covenant as Jesus instructed. And I'll cover this further in chapter 27 of this book when I get there. Another thing we must understand about the bride of Christ is that she is his bride alone. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. And in this case, that means Jesus Christ alone. No one else has claim to the bride except Christ. It doesn't matter who a person is or how great their ministry may be, they do not have any claim to the bride. By that I mean that nobody owns the church. The church belongs to Christ. No church leader, minister, pastor or preacher has any claim over the church, for the church is the bride of Christ and Christ alone. We see this amply demonstrated in several scriptures. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now full. And that's from John 3, verse 29. These are the words of John the Baptist. And to quote Jesus Christ, I tell you, among those born of woman, none is greater than John. And that was Luke 7, 28. So if John was the greatest of men born into this world, according to the words of Jesus himself, and if John made the point that the bride belongs to the bridegroom, then who else born on earth has any claim to the church? Nobody. No pastor, minister, teacher, bishop, cardinal, pope, or any other of the other titles used to denote leaders of different churches today has any claim to the church in their care. They may be leading the church, but it is not their church because the church is the bride and the bride belongs to the bridegroom who is Christ. Taking this a step further, we see that Christ is the head of the church as well. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its saviour. And that's from Ephesians 5 verse 23. No man on earth can claim to be the head of the church because Christ is the head of the church. In fact, it is a very, very dangerous thing for both a church, the church leader, and the congregation of any church where there is a man at the head. We'll discuss this point in some detail later in this book in Part 3 and in Chapter 8 when we look at the structure of a church. So moving on, let us look a little more at the Bride of Christ to see what she is and or should be like. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. That's Revelation 21, verse 9. One of the angels of Revelation spoke these words above to the Apostle John. If we look at what follows, we should gain some insight into what the bride of Christ, who is the church, should be like. We should gain a glimpse of the bride, the wife of the Lamb, and see what we in the church need to do to become part of the bride of Christ. And in the spirit he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, its radiance like a most rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and on the gates the name of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. And on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. That's from Revelation chapter 21, verses 10 to 14. So look at the bride of Christ. We are given a visual word picture of what the bride of Christ looks like. 
She is like a great, wondrous, amazingly beautiful and bejeweled city coming down out of heaven, having the glory and radiance of God. This is the bride of the Lamb. But we know that the bride of the Lamb is not a city. It is the church and the people of God. And in the description above, we recognize that it is indeed the church and the people of God because the gates are named after the 12 tribes of Israel and the wall has as its foundation the names of the 12 apostles of Christ. There can be no question at all as to who and what the bride of Christ is. The bride will be and must be perfect. This is the work that Jesus has established and is doing with his people. The work of perfecting the bride occurs through the ministries of the church when it is operating and structured correctly. The church will be beautiful in the sight of God when his work is complete, and we as individual members of the church must be perfect also. The work of perfecting the members of the church rests with the Holy Spirit, but it is the ministries given as gifts to the church that teach the individuals to learn and grow into maturity in Christ Jesus so that they can be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. We will look at these ministries shortly. Referring back now to Revelation 21 verse 9, we saw that the bride who is the church is also the wife of the Lamb who is Christ. So looking at this from the perspective of a wife, what should the church look like? Perhaps the best example of what a wife should be is seen in Proverbs 31 verses 10 through to 31. These scriptures are often held up and discussed in women's meetings and conferences as something to which all women in Christ should aspire. But let us look at these scriptures in the light of the wife of the Lamb, the Bride of Christ, and see what these attributes are that relate to one who is called a good wife. And I read, A good wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and tasks for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loins with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes herself coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers girdles to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her works praise her in the gates. In these words, we see the epitome of the perfect wife, and in the attitudes of the good wife, we see a reflection of the bride of Christ, who is the wife of the Lamb. She is diligent, hard-working, trustworthy, exudes the love of God, 
charitable, helpful, wise, kind, and teaches those around her. She fears nothing because she is strong and capable. Moreover, she is greatly loved, honoured, and respected by her husband and all who come into contact with her. She also brings honour to her husband. In the last few words of this section of Proverbs 31, we see the truth of the matter. It is because she fears the Lord that she is the perfect wife and deserving of praise from both her husband and all who come into contact with her. This is how the bride of Christ both should and must be. She is the perfect wife. And the church, as the bride of Christ and wife of the Lamb, should exhibit all of these attributes and attitudes of the Proverbs 31 wife. This is where God and Jesus Christ are taking the church as she grows and matures, so that at the time of the end, the church will be presented to Christ as a rare, beautiful and perfect jewel that she must be. That's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information, as I've said before, I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. <music>